Hello friends, and welcome back to Mixology, the podcast where we discuss, discover and dissect mono and stereo differences on classic albums from the 60s. And today, we're taking another turn out with the Rolling Stones, but also continuing on our psychedelic trip from our last episode by taking a look at 1967's Their Satanic Majesty's Request. Released on the 8th of December that year and recorded between the 9th of February and 23rd of October, this album is one that has a bit of a convoluted history and we don't really need to go into it too much here. I'm sure there's other places that dig into it far better. But from a messy background comes a bit of a psychedelic classic, I suppose. Most people at the time were a bit unnerved by the album, but people today are quite divided on it. There are people that absolutely love it, and there are people that think it's just a load of rubbish with maybe one or two classics. And we're going to kind of move through the album today and see if either mix really supports either argument, because ultimately... Sometimes a mono mix can really make an album that a stereo mix breaks, and vice versa. I do want to cover off before we dig in though, that the UK mono version of the album, released in 67 and in 68, is a bit of an oddball one. You see, the very first cut with the Dash 1P matrix is the true mono mix, but all recuts from then on, and these would classify as the original issue as well, were made from a fold down of the stereo master. This in itself should probably tell you about what we're going to dig into today, but there are certainly enough other bits and pieces that make that original mono mix worth seeking out. And of course, if you've got a fold down, you might as well be listening to the original stereo anyway. Before we dig into that though, I've got to give a shout out to a couple of our newest patrons. I forgot to mention a couple in our last episode, so we're kind of catching up a bit here, but I want to say thank you very much to Larry Sparrow and Ralph Vines. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly anyway, but do let me know if I'm incorrect, Ralph. Either way, if you too want to support the show and get loads of extra Mixology content, including exclusive episodes and Mixology on 45, looking at non-LP tracks as well, head on over to patreon.com forward slash back to mono, and the link for that is down in the show notes below. And this Sunday on Mixology on 45, we'll be taking a look at the only true mono track on the original UK mono release of Beggar's Banquet, that being Sympathy for the Devil, and we've got some nice textual differences to look into there. But let's move back to 67 now and their satanic majesties, and let's kick things off with the opening cut, Sing This All Together. Now if we match the track by the piano during the intro, the horns are dramatically louder in stereo. We'll start off proper by playing the whole intro in mono, and then again in stereo. And again in stereo. Now for this track, the stereo is generally simple, with the group vocals mostly panned left and right, mixed solo vocals usually either panned centrally or to one side, variably anyway, and the main band central, and horns and bass to the left. While this doesn't leave too much room for difference, the group vocals definitely stand out far more on stereo, getting mushed 
in in mono. We'll start in the mono and leap out into stereo. Stereo. Now, while I level match clips for comparison, I do want to verbally note that the mono had to be initially turned up to match the stereo, but as the track progresses, the mono has increased in volume to the point that it actually exceeds the stereo, while the stereo has remained more consistent in volume. Take away from that what you will. But as we move along through the song, for the <clears throat> instrumental break, the panning becomes more noticeable, with the bongos and electric guitar panned right, and the curious horn panned left. While the levels generally match, there appears to be a slightly stronger use of reverb on some elements in mono, most evident, I find, on the piano. So we'll start with the stereo and move into the mono. And finally for this track, the guitar at 3 minutes 13 is notably louder in mono. So we'll hear it first in stereo, and then again in mono. And again in mono. Next is a real highlight on the album, Citadel. Now the stereo mix here again has the main backing track central with mic panned left and some organ and guitar parts right. The mono has the material in the right hand channel much lower in the mix, being barely audible individually, though likely a key layer in the sound regardless. So we'll start with the stereo and move into the mono.
As the track goes along, that right hand channel does increase in volume in mono to match the stereo more, again likely a stab at increasing the texture as it moves along. Of course this in itself isn't a difference, as at this point it becomes the same, so we'll move along to the fades, which do differ, with the stereo being slightly longer and cross-fading to the next track, while the mono ends a little sooner and actively fades to zero. So we'll hear this first in the stereo and then again in the very final mono. And again in mono. Bill Wyman's track In Another Land follows up next, and this is one where the right panned organ stands out more in stereo, and some of the phrasing sounds like it may be different, but this could just be due to the mono being really hard to pick apart in this section. Listen closely to the third organ note, which sounds continuous in mono, but double stabbed in stereo. Have the whole thing in stereo first, and then again in mono. And again in mono. As for the main body, the layers generally feel similar, again with the vocals popping a little more in stereo. This does make Bill more audible in the chorus in stereo, while in mono Mick and the group take over, thankfully. So let's hear a bit of the verse into the chorus, we'll move into the other mix and allow that to then move into the rest of the chorus and the following verse. So mono first. Nobody else will do Then I'll walk the Into stereo And the sea and the sky and the castles were blue. I a huge highlight on the album is 2000 Man, and the first section is quite sensibly mixed into mono in both, quite comfortably with a lovely similar balance, so we don't actually need to cover it. But for the main section, the balance remains essentially the same, with the panned vocals actually popping out about the same as the mono, which is a nice touch. Let's start with the mono and move into stereo. Stereo. Now at 2 minutes 13 there's an extra guitar part until the vocals come in in stereo in the right channel. You can hear this track turned up on the final note before the vocals come in in the mono. Let's hear it in stereo first and then again in mono. <laughs> And again in mono. Oh, 
closing out side one is the mess that is sing this all together, see what happens. Now at the beginning, the stereo cuts in while the mono fades up. A nice, quick, simple difference. So stereo, then mono. <coughs> and again, in mono. <coughs> now the rest of the intro has the voices a little clearer in stereo, while in mono they have a small dusting of echo applied. A nice touch, of course. So we'll hear it in stereo, and then again in mono. And again in mono. The speech at 30 seconds is still fading up in mono, while it's nice and clear in stereo. Much like the intro, this appears to be a consistently mixed lower in mono, but we'll highlight this bit as it's such a stark difference. Again, the dusting of echo seems to prevail in mono. This will cause differences to the rest of the mix, but will only highlight it when notably so. Hear it in mono, and then again in stereo. <laughs> Again, in stereo. The left channel breathing at 1 minute 40 is notably louder in stereo again here. And note how the guitar on the right seems to be lower in the mix in mono at this point. So stereo and again in mono. Again, in mono. While again, the pan information differs greatly in volume between the two mixes, 4 minutes 30 is another key moment where the droning voices are almost absent in mono. So let's hear it in stereo, then again in mono. And again in mono. At 6 minutes 
32, the left channel information is reduced to nothing in mono, while in stereo this continues noisily until the track drops down. We'll start in stereo this time. Again, in mono. Singing at 6 minutes 59 has a heavy echo in stereo while it's dry in mono. It dries out for the second sung line though, so we'll hear this first line first in stereo and then again in mono. Why don't we sing the song all together? Open our minds, let the pictures come. And if we close all And again in mono. Why don't we sing the song all together? Open our minds, let the pictures come. And if we close all our eyes together, and the transition to the just white noise at the end occurs sooner in stereo, while some silence is left in mono. It then fades up sooner, giving us a longer intro before the first big bong. So, mono, and then again in stereo. Again in stereo. Opening up side two is my favorite track, She's a Rainbow, and this is one that really has no discernible differences. The information panned left and right certainly stands out more in stereo, but this does feel like an instance where the separation, especially on headphones, is what is offering up the clarity difference. We'll hear a chorus for comparison, starting in mono and opening up 
into stereo. <laughs> Stereo. I do wish to acknowledge there is a US single edit of this track, but as it just drops the spoken intro, there's no proper difference to cover here, so we'll move along to the lantern. And possibly the most obvious difference on the album, the tolling bell at the beginning has a different sync between the two mixes. With the band coming in earlier in the stereo mix, the sound effects start at the same point. Thus, we hear more of it in the mono before the band comes in, and as they fade down at the same time, we hear more in the background. We'll hear the whole section, first in mono, and then again in stereo. And again in stereo. Throughout the first verse, you can hear a ghost guitar track in stereo, and during the first Carry the Lantern light, this guitar itself finally appears in mono, but does not appear until after this line in stereo. We'll hear the line at 1 minute 12 in stereo first, into the next section, then again in mono, and focus on that squeaky line that matches the piano. Carry the lantern light. And again in mono. Carry the lantern in the section from 2 minutes 22, one can just about hear the sax distantly in the centre and right in stereo, which gets a little louder to the climax. However, in mono, this is initially inaudible, only becoming slightly clearer as it comes along. Again, the whole section stereo first, and then again in mono. And again in mono. And at 3 minutes 40, the same idea occurs again, and while the sax is definitely clearer in mono, it's much clearer in stereo. We'll hear the start in both mixes, stereo first, and then again in mono. And again 
in mono. Now the oddly titled track Gomper carries us on now, with a relatively similar start, but I wish to point out the error in the stereo at 36 seconds, whereby the T of to and fro jumps from left to centre suddenly in the stereo, while of course non-distractingly sits in the centre in mono. The bongos during this intro are also clearer in stereo, so note those underneath. Mono, and then again in stereo. To and fro she's gently gliding and again in stereo. To and fro, she's gently gliding. Overall though, this track is very similar between the two mixes, owing to the mostly twin channel mix of the stereo, which definitely works, but keeps it in a similar vein. We'll have a sample of the solo section, just for comparison's sake. Mono into stereo. <laughs> stereo. Maybe the best track here if you're not such a big fan of She's a Rainbow, 2000 Light Years From Home is up next. But again we have a very simple stereo mix with the backing track central, Mellotron I think, in the right, and the vocals to the left. For the most part the vocals are louder in stereo and the Mellotron is louder in mono. It's also worth noting that the opening fade up enters the hair earlier in mono, but as this will not be audibly noticeable now, I'll leave it just in the words I've said. Let's hear the main body, mono into stereo. Turning round with graceful motion We're setting up with soft explosion Into stereo body does remain the same throughout the track, it's worth noting that the solo is actually balanced a little bit differently. You see the guitar itself stands out more in stereo here, getting a bit more mushed in and buried under the Mellotron, I think, if that's what it is, anyway, in mono. However in stereo, halfway through, weirdly there's a volume drop in the entire track that's not present in mono, which is very odd. Let's hear the whole solo, first in stereo, then again in mono. And again, in mono.
And finally, we have On With The Show. Now before we dig into it, overall the mix itself is balanced in the same way, but we have some ambient chatter faded in and out throughout the mix. This is what we'll be highlighting in a few times here. As for the main body itself, you can note the difference throughout these sections. So right off the bat, the guitar enters a touch earlier over the intro sample in mono. Let's hear the last line into the guitar, mono first, then again in stereo. And again in stereo. At 1 minute 04, the chatter in the background starts up a little earlier in mono, so we'll hear it first in mono, and then again in stereo. And again in stereo. And then, at 1 minute 44, it finishes earlier in mono, while the stereo is smoother, cutting off just as Mick enters, rather than under the drum fill. So, we'll hear the abrupt mono first. And again, in stereo. And then during the first portion of the outro, the chatter is mixed louder in stereo before it rises to meet this volume in mono at three minutes. Let's compare the differing section, first in stereo and then again in mono. And again in mono. that we come to the end of this rather bizarre and psychedelic album their satanic majesty's request by the rolling stones from 1967 something you may have picked up on as we've gone through is that ultimately the mixes aren't too different and the stereo offers up quite a decent punch surprisingly i will say that the mono does better on the harder rocking tracks such as citadel and 2000 man but overall you're pretty well suited with either mix and Potentially the stereo actually beats out the mono in a lot of the tracks just because it offers up a bit more of that psychedelic experience But I do really like the mono especially blasted out through a pair of speakers As I said if you're looking for vintage copies be very aware of the UK fold-down editions as there's no real point in picking those up Though of course definitely try and seek out a copy with that lenticular cover because it is really cool 
But with all that out of the way, I hope you've had a wonderful time here today. And as I said, if you want extra Mixology content, head on over to the Patreon. There's extra Mixology and as well as a bunch of other shows as well, such as Back to Mono, Long Players in Mono and Artists in Mono. And you can find that at patreon.com forward slash back to mono. You can also get in touch with me if you so desire at backtomonoradio at gmail.com. I do get the occasional email and it is nice to read them from listeners as well. But you can also reach out to me at Instagram where you can find me at hypnoticfred. The link to all of these is down in the show notes below. And as I said, I love hearing from one and all. But with all that out of the way, thank you so, so much for listening. And remember, whoever you are and wherever you are, have a great, great day.